This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Wednesday, it's the 12th of July 2023. And today we have some big news to share. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest. How are you? Hey, hey. Hello, live audience. How's everyone in the studio there? Oh, what a roundabout. They're always so welcoming. Yeah, that's right, aren't they? They're, they're just so lovely. Yes. Also sounding the same every time <laughs> for some reason. But hey. Hey, listen, I'm not complaining. Any sound is good, son. Hey, listen, I, I have got something here I want to share with you. Oof. Which uh, I, I didn't buy anything this time round, but I I've have stolen been sent something. something. No, oh! I was sent something. Well, you know we're a couple, right? So it's, I mean, so it means I anyone... have to send you whatever it is. Well, yes. If anyone sends anything, always send two. Thank you. Okay, well, this Quite will be that interesting. Was titled. Yeah, it was a bit. Uh, but listen, I, I think if you, if you want this, then okay, that's fine. But oh. just be prepared because uh, I have over here. Uh, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, what? seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I think there's twenty-four volumes here of a book. Oh, uh, okay. I've changed my mind. Please, please it's don't. in Braille. <laughs> breaking new. Breaking new. Uh, breaking postman or woman's sexist back um, with. I am not kidding you. A sack of book. I yes. actually got a sack. That's why the title. That's why this uh, episode is titled "A Sack of Book." In case you're thinking, what on earth was that a mistake? No. No. It, yeah. it felt like a mistake when it arrived because I literally got this sack, a humongous sack, mm. filled with Braille book. book. One single book. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm going to take a, a wild stab in the dark here that this is grade one. You'd two. be right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I signed up to the RNIB library, right, the Braille library, which you uh, can get in touch with the RNIB in the UK and they'll send you out a form. You uh, just put in your details. You can ask for specific books or specific authors, and what they'll do is they'll send you a book, and then you send it back, and, and so on and so forth. Now, of course, with the size of the books, it is huge, but we do have in this country articles for the blind, which I think in the States is called Free Matter for the Blind. Oh, um, oh I like that name. That's better. Yeah, it does feel better, doesn't it? Free articles. Matter. Articles for the Blind feels weird when you get a sack of book. It's quite articles. a big article, I have to tell you. It is. Um <laughs> But yeah, so you get Articles for the Blind, which allows you free postage. So yeah, if you are not unaware of this, basically, you, if you get the stickers, which you can buy, uh, you can buy these stickers, you put them on the product, and you can then send that free of charge to wherever. I think around the world, actually, not just in the UK. Um, so I could send something to Mark in Canada, or I could send something to you, or I could send something to our other blind friends. We could, you know, easily send and share. And, and this was common for, you know, in the good old days, Braille books like this and also Braille letters, you know, because some of the Braille letters probably are quite long, right, and quite chunky. So, uh, you know, this was a great way to do that. Uh, anyway, the, the part, the, the package I say arrives, I mean, I say package, it was a sack. Um, and it was it's the sack they used to carry the mail. That's how big it was. <laughs> and it just, because I thought, do you, I said, do you want the, the sack back? And he went, nah, just keep it, it's all right. 
You'll need, you'll need it to send it back anyway. So. In case you need to dispose of any bodies, here's a huge <laughs> sack. It it's is. absolutely ridiculous. Can so, I just say, yes. sorry, talking, yeah. just going back to the articles for the blind, you actually don't need those stickers. You can just no, write, that's art- true. Yeah, you that, can just write articles yes. for the blind on your package and um, that's enough. I didn't know that before. I've always bought those stickers, but you don't need to. No, you don't need to buy them. And, but of course, you know, if it involves gadgets... Then I'm all in. So, yes, of you know, course. Not yes. only can you buy them, yes. uh, you can buy programs as well. I think there's a company in the UK called Tyra Technology, T A I R A. I think that's what T A I R. I can't spell Tyra. 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 Either way, Tyra Technology. I think is the name of the company, and they sell a little program which you can buy for your computer, and it will allow you to print directly on to those articles with blind stickers. Mm. Wow, there's something for everybody. This I show is educational. Made, I made a Word document myself, customised the size and made it landscape and then... Oh, oh, uh, oh, oh, in uh, the realm of the super blind, are we? That Well, that was in the realm of when I could actually see the screen, so <gasps> probably about 15 years you ago. You cheated. I did cheat, yes. Well, I bought ages ago. There was a, there was a store in the UK called Maplin. People might remember it. And um, it closed down years wow. ago. Remember Maplin? And uh, it was one of those stores, it sold everything. I mean, I don't know what the equivalent in Canada would be. I'm sure there's probably been many. Circuit City was oh, one yeah, okay. that I always well, hear in Tandy? American movies and stuff. We had Tandys over here. Basically, yeah. it sells components, not just the actual equipment, but it would sell yes. like, circuit boards and, and capacitors. And Yeah, it was, weird. it was a weird store. I mean, a brilliant store, though. Great store to walk around, but it, it just didn't survive. Um, well, well, yeah, I mean, like, let's, let's be honest. I think a certain store beginning with A... Had an impact on it. Yeah. Uh, like everything that? else. That's your fault, Steve. Oh, it's all my fault. It's, it's well, all, why is it always my well, fault? It just is. Okay. Um, but Sorry, anyway, carry on. What were we talking book. about? Yeah, so I bought as a result. No, hang on. Because I because I went to that store when it was closing down, and like a vulture, I was scouring the shelves for all the deals and all the stuff that was being sold off at next to nothing prices. Uh, I managed to pick up a Braille, well, not a Braille, sorry, a, a label maker, a pr- one of these printers that prints out labels. Ah, let me guess. Brother. Brother. Isn't it? The, of course. It's always brother. I've seen these articles where people saying, look, stop buying these fancy printers. Just buy a brother printer. It just works. It's it just, just the works. only one that gets you through. So Is that true? the only thing so they true. do, brother? I mean, you don't hear about them in any other field apart from, I always hear printers, especially well, maybe label that's, printers. That's maybe why that, they're good at it. They're good. Yeah, all right. They're not building okay. trains on the side or something. You know? Okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, you get the, the brother printer. This is a little label printer and it prints out these tiny little labels. You can buy different types. Uh, and then the software on the Mac side, eh, it's not that great. But on the PC side, it's fine. And you can easily select from a custom, if once you know what specific labels you've bought. Uh, in fact, now, I, I don't know, this must be new, but I plugged it in the other day and it instantly recognized the label. So I thought, well, oh, that's quite cool. So I didn't oh. even have to uh, to type in the, the dimensions of the label, which was brilliant. So I then was able to just run off, you know, like a couple of copies, a couple of duplicates of different address labels. So your address is in there, OVS. OVS. Um, other addresses are in there for other people. And it means I can just pull up a label. I know, disgusting, right? I, I can just pull up a label, print it, and not only does it print the label, which is already like on a, a little piece of paper, you just peel off and then just stick on. Not only that... It also cuts the label for you as well. It's so cool. It's whoa, as, whoa, as he cuts whoa. the label for you. Why does it cut the label? You know, because it prints it out and then it cuts it so that you can just take the label and stick it on. 
Oh, so it's the 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 labels are on a, like a a roll. Yes, it's like a ah, roll I of labels. Okay. I, I I I'm with you. Yep, okay. yep, yep. And, and yep, then you yep, can yep. just you can just it just goes and then it goes and it goes and that's it. Well done, you. Exactly like that. Beautiful. Anyways. Of course, you can do the same thing. You can buy sheets of address labels. Just boring in your normal printer, and Word does never, have a list of ever, those. Ever figured that out? Okay. Yeah. I'm all right. Fine. Carry I, on. It always prints out wrong, upside down. I totally agree. By the way, hopeless. But, you know, once you get it set up, then never yeah, but then something anything. happens, or something changes, right. or you can't get those specific wow. labels again. Yes. So no, this is good. This is good, and and there's still I actually. Just to be safe, I bought six rolls of labels. Just because you just know at some point they're going to stop making the labels yes, for this thing. Exactly. So I thought, right, I've got enough there to do me. I do How not. How many stickers on a roll? Oh, a couple of hundred. Oh, I think. Yeah, you're so fine. Yeah, we're fine. We've got six hundred labels. I can print labels for the street if I want. <laughs> uh, but no, it's really good. So anyway, uh, yeah. But brother, uh, I'll get the. I'll put the details of the printer because you can still buy it. Uh, I'll put the details of the uh, the the. the pr- Brother label printer thing on the show notes so people can find it. Thing. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I get my book through. 24 volumes of the finest in grade one, mm. because I did ask the RNIB to send me grade one. And like I was saying, so you get the form, you fill it out, and then you can say which books you want, or you could say, um, look, just send me whatever you think. You know, here's a category I like, in my case, thrillers. So, hey, you know, send me a thriller. So they did. And uh, they sent me this, uh, No One Left to Tell is the name of this one. Oh, that uh, sounds cheery. Blimey. <laughs> so I'll be reading, I will not be reading this in the dark because I will be utterly terrified. Um, have, you, have, you, have, you, um, have you had a go yet? Well, here's the thing. Because there's 24 volumes and they came in the sack, the first thing I had to do was order them up. <laughs> Uh, because that was the first problem. And then I realised that there were numbers like volume four and then there was two or three volume fours and I'm thinking, hang on, how does that work? But there's obviously different versions of that, you know, because obviously they couldn't fit a whole volume perhaps into one book. So, oh my goodness. So it's been a lot of sorting out going on really mm. before you can really start the book. It's a hobby. It's It's going to take some time. <laughs> but what is interesting is I am finding that I'm beginning to get a little bit of speed going with reading. You know, just read a couple of paragraphs this morning and I'm actually starting to be able to get a bit of speed. And the thing no. is, well, the thing is, when you start getting into the book, that drives you because you're you're kind of like, I want to know what happens here. So you're yes. determined because you, you, you want to continue I, because you want to know the story. Tell you what, I, 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 the, the level I want to get to is where you're not thinking primarily of what are these dots. These characters, yeah. I just want to get into the story, get into the book, information, whatever it may be, and not be constantly, you know, that thing in the way of trying to interpret. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, you're really getting into it. I, I got a great tip from the Braille teacher when uh, when I was going to the class. Remember back in 2019, I was doing that class and um, and I was going there every week. It was great. And, and the best tip I got was don't worry so much about understanding every single letter that you're passing over. If you have, if for example, the sentence was the cat sat on the mat, you might get stuck on the word on, say, right? But you know the context of the sentence. So just go for it, you know, just keep going, essentially. The key is to keep moving along because if you keep moving right. along, you'll start to pick up the, 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 the structure of the sentence 
rather than the individual words. It's like skim reading, essentially. Mm-hmm. You get to a point where, you know, if you were skim reading something by sight, you're not looking at every single word on the page. You're, you're scanning it and you're getting a sense of what is coming off the page to you. And, and the same applies to Braille. So there's a little bit of that. And that, that is certainly when I was learning with the class, I certainly found it was a lot easier to do that because then you could start to build a sense of a story. And that's, that's why reading is really good this way because you are reading the book and you get, you know, because if you weren't able to understand any of it, you wouldn't be able to read the book, right? It would just be nothing to you. But if you're able to lift the, the sentiment off the page, if you're able to do that and you're able to lift off the words that you can then create the story, mm. you're reading. That's it. Wow. You're a shining example. It's actually, I'm really not. No, no. <laughs> really you, not. You it takes are. me a long time. But it, yeah, but it's interesting to see you actually go through the process because I've for years now I've just been saying, I, I just don't think I'd be able to do it. But you're just doing these little tiny steps. I mean, you started with something familiar with, you know, use the Braille display on a computer and on the Apple TV, for example, where you know the sort of layout and you know what you're expecting to see. But now you're moving on to this. And uh, yeah, it's cool. It was really nice because um, there's a lot of interest. I'm not going into details because for, for very obvious reasons, but there's a lot of news coming out of the UK at the minute, one particular story dominating the news, and it's all anyone's talking about. And as a result of that, there's a lot of breaking news going on at the moment in the UK. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of, of this on the radio. And on top of that, I should say as well, Wimbledon is on at the moment. So I've been listening to a lot of that. I'm not even into sport that much, but I love Wimbledon. I absolutely adore Wimbledon. So does why? my dog, which is why he keeps barking in the background. Um, he's a huge Wimbledon fan. All for Djokovic. Come on, Djokovic. You can do it. Um, but um, yeah, and it kind of goes back to the days when my grand and I used to sit and we would always watch Wimbledon. We'd always get together and we'd always watch Wimbledon together. And I didn't really understand all of it, but I just really enjoyed watching it with her. And she would explain oh. it as I went. So it's a familiar I memory mean, I was for me. about to rip you to shreds about watching tennis, and then you dropped the emotional bomb. That's unbelievable. That was beautiful, Stephen. Well, that's that's kind of where it came from. But I have to say, listening to it on the radio is so much nicer because obviously television, you're getting nothing, right? You just yes, it's all yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice to listen to in, in a sense. Of grunts, so, lots of grunts, so lots of grunts, lots of noise, but you've got no idea what's going on. No. Uh, whereas radio, it, it just gives you so much information. So yeah, anyway, I've been listening to that, and that was the nice thing. I was sitting reading the book. Whilst I was catching up on the news, catching up with the sport, and I thought, this is really nice. I couldn't do this before. In fact, it's, it's one of the things when you're a screen reader user, I used to talk about a lot. You can't have music on. You can't have a podcast on or the radio on whilst you're trying to do your work. At least I can't. Some people might be able to. I can't. I just well, can't sort of concentrate block it on that. If you do, yeah. yeah. You're not listening to it. You know, no, music's right. maybe one thing. You could maybe have music on, but I don't know. To me, it just gets in the way. Because you're so focused on trying to hear that voice and, you know, understand what it's telling you and, and go through. And, of course, if you're, you know, writing a, a response but to something. But is that really or, different? I mean, can you really take both things in, no matter how you're taking them in, be it Braille or listening? Um, can you, I mean, even if you're reading a Braille book, are you at the same time actually taking in what's going on? Yeah, with the Probably tennis, not. No, probably so, not. Yeah, but, but what I, I will I, say is that I'm less frustrated. Yes, I totally get that. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? It's yes. not two. It's not two things. Not two of the same things fighting against each other. Yeah, you just two feel voices. overloaded. Yeah, absolutely. I get you know, that. It's it's a different way of. But yeah, it's been it's been really nice actually. Really, really nice. And um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying it a lot. And I think that you know it is hard. I mean, there was a point yesterday I got to, 
uh, yeah, yesterday it was. I was reading some of this, and it, it felt a little bit like, oh, I can't. What is this? I can't. I, yeah. And I had that moment of what is this word? I can't get it. And I just put the book down and said, I'll come back to it in 10 minutes. And I did. And I, I got it. And I thought it's just, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to try and figure this out. You and are, sometimes yeah. you've got to take a break from it. Yeah. And, and the thing is, what I love about this is this book is here. No one's going to take it away from me. It's a physical book. I don't have to fight technology to get it. I mean, yes, I know it would be a lot easier to have this in a BRF file. And yeah, an Orbit reader, <laughs> the BRF file sounds a lot easier than 24 volumes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this isn't going anywhere. And in the morning when I get up and I come into the office and I sit down and I open the book up, I can continue where I left off and not have to fight technology to get to that point again. And that's the nice bit about having the book in this physical form. So, you know, I, I'm all for... I think eventually I'll probably be one of those people who says, hey, e-reader, e-books, this is the future, right? Because we can we can get so much more content and I can read so much more. But in that initial sense, when you just need to take your time reading, having the physical book is good. So RNIB Library, great for that. There are other resources, obviously, around the world. And if you're in Canada, if you're in the US, there are other options available. I have to say a big thank you to Lena, who's been in touch with me and been sending me a lot of personal messages, just really supporting what what I'm doing with the Braille and just oh, that's nice. it. And she's been sending lots of, you know, she's saying, I'll send you magazines, I'll send you this. And of course they have free matter so we can we can share stuff. And that's that's brilliant. So a little blind ne- Braille network going on, which is lovely. No, it is really nice. It's really encouraging, to be honest. Um, yeah. Like I said, I just, I don't know. I always think I'm, I'm never going to be good enough. and um, But you don't have to be. It seems to be, I'm getting the sense from you, you don't have to be, you know, reading at a thousand words a minute. No, and I'm not aiming for that. And it's still useful and it's still pleasurable. So, yeah, cool. I mean, I'd love to get to grade two level, but I think that the grade two thing might be a bit of a step too far. It is at the moment for me. Um, I want to get grade one nailed. Do you know what I mean by that? I just want to get that absolutely. I still can't define the separate cells when I'm trying to read anything printed like that. I, I... I just can't. Is that one cell? Is that the next yep. layer? I, I just can't do it yet. But um, yeah, well, how many times have you probably read a package and it's upside down? <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. First, you've got to get the book the right way up, right? That's the, that's the first thing. But no, I mean, that and also, you know, when you're reading a book, especially because it's all so tightly packed, goes back to Mary's comments yesterday, which I think was, was, was just, yeah, difference. exactly. And, you know, just mm-hmm. being able to if we could just have expanded, you know, not, not actually just in terms of the difference between the cells themselves, but the line spacing as well, that could make a big difference Yeah, because I certainly noticed it on this, but, uh, you know, again, it's just about taking your time. It's about just sit, because for me, anyway, the way I'm looking at it is I'm just taking my time with this. I'm not on a schedule here. I remember watching a guy on a on a, oh god one of these Facebook watch things that you and I end up sitting listening to all night long. Yes. And it was a CEO of a company. And he said, "Why are we obsessed with time? Why we're always obsessed more with the time about something than the actual doing of it." And you know what? It made a lot of sense when I was thinking about it because he said, "You know, we always say if we're losing weight by next June, I will yes. be." <laughs> he said, "We always put this time limit on it. Why do we do this to ourselves?" He says, "Why not just say I'm going to lose weight? That's it." So. I was the same. I was kind of saying, well, by September, I'm going to be doing this. And by the end of the year, I'll be reading great. Don't do that. I'm telling this to me, not to you. I'm saying this to me, right? Don't do this to myself because it is not going to do me any favours. It does not speed me up at all. In fact, puts pressure if anything, on yourself. And, and I know what I'm like. Mm-hmm. I will push back against myself. You're weird. 
actively not do it. I'll be like, no, I'm not doing it, Stephen. I will do it my way, which is the way I wanted to do it, which I'm confused now. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it's been an interesting ride. And I just want to thank you all for your support as well, because this has been, it's been tough kind of going through that whole journey. And it really is. It's weird, right? I can almost feel like I've been tunneling through dirt to get to this point. Yeah. And now it feels like I'm out in the open and it feels quite fresh and nice. And it's it's a weird feeling, right? I, I say it like that because the tunneling through dirt part is the, just the dealing with the, the stress and everything that comes with losing vision. And there is a moment that comes, I think, when you start to embrace the tools and then you realise this is actually not as bad. Or, well, it can be as bad as you think it can be, of course, <laughs> but it can be easier. And yeah. actually, there are ways you can still enjoy doing things. And and even even us, we've lived with this our whole lives. Mm. Even we can still come around to that way of thinking of actually, yeah, do you know what? Yeah. Well, it's, it's when those tools sort of, as I said before, it sort of fade into the background and you're not concentrating on how you're doing something. You're just doing it using whatever it is. That's that's the moment you think, okay, this is absolutely, this is fine. Yeah, but it's you know with anything a screen reader, uh, a new bit of tech, whatever it is, you've always got that initial frustration, and I'm never going to understand how this works. But the truth is, eventually you do. Yeah. Um, okay. What a beautiful some, story. Well done. We get some emails because oh, I feel please. I feel like I've been very um, self. Uh, what's that word? What does um, it say? In- indulgent. Indulgent. Yes, we've been very in- self-indulgent. If only yes. I knew how to spell that word. <laughs> <laughs> it was my braille, I can learn. Um, okay, let's get to some emails. Dan's got in touch. Uh, regarding our conversation on this, and remember we talked about the um, the grade three question? Oh, yeah. I think Dan might have an answer to this. Hello, Stephen and Sean. Thanks for continuing the braille discussion. I would like to respond to some things you said on today's podcast. As far as I know, grade three braille isn't widely used. A teacher at the school for the blind I attended suggested I learn it. She gave me a guide to grade three braille and I never stuck with it. I still have the book and it's gathering dust on a shelf. Grade 3 Braille might have been a good idea to save time and space when people were taking notes with a slate and stylus. I don't think it is necessary unless someone wants to keep their personal information private so it can't be back-translated into Grade 1 Braille. As far as I know, there isn't any translation software which supports it and I don't see settings in any screen reader to enable it with a Braille display. The American Council of the Blind has informal daily meetings on Zoom. One of the meetings is a forum for discussing Grade 3 Braille. I don't attend it. Congratulations, Stephen, on getting your focus display to work with your Apple TV. Mm. It is helpful to not have voiceover speaking information while you are listening to media. I turn off voiceover speech when I listen to videos on YouTube or albums in the Apple Classical app. You can easily turn speech on and off from your focus display by pressing the letter M with the spacebar. Voiceover will announce speech off or speech on. If your focus disconnects from your phone while speech is turned off, you can use the on-screen gesture to turn it on. I think the on-screen gesture will even work when your phone is locked. If you accidentally lock the keys on your focus display, which I have done from time to time, do a Google search and you should be able to locate the focus manual on the Freedom Scientific website. There might be several commands to lock and unlock the keyboard, I can't remember them. You mentioned screen reader feedback when using a braille display. Screen readers have a concept known as flash messages. These messages are sent to a braille display when the screen reader makes an announcement – Flash messages can be annoying if you are using an application or website which issues constant alerts. JAWS does have a speech box mode where everything which is spoken is sent as messages to a braille display. This is very helpful for deaf-blind individuals. 
Last week, you mentioned the possibility of adjusting the size of Braille dots when using a Braille display. As far as I know, the Monarch is the only device which allows the user to adjust the size of Braille dots. Some other displays, like the Focus, allow the user to adjust the dot firmness, which can be useful. Although the Opticom is not a Braille display, it has knobs to adjust the resolution and intensity of the pins. This was useful when I encountered fonts I didn't understand. I wish the Opticon was still in use. Thanks for continuing the discussion. It is giving me a better understanding of the challenges people experience learning Braille as adults. From Dan. Thank you, Dan. And I I love the way this conversation is developing because we're learning so much, I think, from each other on this. You know, people Mm. who are long-time Braille users are learning how we are learning it, but also the people who are the the real Braille heads, shall we say, um, the real dotties. um, Oh. I I get that hashtag. The real dotties. Um, you know, you, you guys are really on top of it. And I'm learning a lot about the, the kind of deeper level of how Braille is is used by so many people. I think you've really opened up an interesting can of worms on that one, Dan, because a lot of this I didn't know at all. No. I mean, the, the, the message box thing, I, I didn't realise that from, in JAWS. So that's a, a, Which a, makes total sense, right? Yeah, for Braille displays. Yeah, for deafblind people, of course, deafblind. because they will live with their fingers on that Braille display. And that's the thing. Again, it's all about, you know, when we talk about people's ignorance to our difficulties with uh, you know, visual impairment, um, it, it, it's, there's a subset even with our community, the, the, the people that are living and breathing Braille. And, you know, so many of the, the problems that they encounter with you know, an iOS update or, or talkback on Android, you know, which really affects their use of Braille in something like that. And we just, well, we don't know. If it doesn't affect, um, you know, voiceover or talkback, then uh, yes. we don't know about it. So, you know, it's, it's across the board. It's, it's great that we're having this conversation, at least. I want to hear from Harry now, because Harry uh, wants to talk about the, the subject of, of spacing out the Braille cells, as uh, suggested by Mary in her email to us. Uh, Laura, as always, reads our emails. Mary's point in today's show leapt out for me. I started learning Braille at the age of 66 and I practice reading grade 2 on a Braillant every day, but very slowly. Many cells just feel like a shapeless blob and being able to resize the cells would transform my experience and could make reading Braille for more than half a page a day into a lovely activity. I read Braille now just to know how to type in grade 2. Here I am with iPhone in pocket and merrily typing on my Hable 1, which I never get lost on, unlike on regular Bluetooth keyboards. So perhaps new graphic Braille displays may come to our rescue. But at what price? Cheers, Harry. Wow, Harry, thank you. Uh, I think you're doing better than you think. <laughs> I mean, sounds great too. Started at 66. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. And it, it, like you mentioned before, Stephen, on previous episodes, it's all that just doing a little bit, you know, every day, it, it soon mounts up, right? Yeah, it, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? I mean, that's the point. We just take our time and we will get there with this. Um, um, and, you know, I think actually hearing these conversations just inspires us all. I know we all hate that word, but we can still be inspired by each other. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's good. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And I am enjoying the Braille. I am. And, you know, the thing is, Sean, if you turned around and said, it's not for me, no one's going to blame you for that. And and it might not mm. be. And that's another part of this. It doesn't have to be that you're blind Blind equals Braille. It's, for, it's not for a lot of people. Not even just because of the touch aspect. It just might not be something you can wrap your head around or that you even need to wrap your head around or would want to. And that's all right as well. And I think that's, that's the important bit of this. It's not like, oh, Stephen's learning Braille, so suddenly we should all... No, not at all. If it's not yeah. for you, it's not for you. 
that's fine. That's totally fine. If you're happy with your computer talking at you, great. You know, I think I'd rather have a really good skill that I can hone over time than bits of skills, and I'm not really using any of them very well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, more than that, I think it's it's sort of sort of challenging that view that's creeping in even inside the community now that that Braille is no longer needed. Mm. You know, that's been pushed, as I've mentioned many times before, when I tried to look out for Braille classes, I was told there's there's no call for it, there's no need for it. We you know, you don't need it basically. Um but I think you know, this is this is proving actually it's still very relevant and you know needed. I think there's more people out there who are real curious than not. <laughs> Braille curious. That's what I'm going to call like it. That. We're yeah, Braille no, curious. True. And, it's, true. It, and it's the the fact is that, yes, there are less, and you're right, there are less courses, if, if any, in some places. But that is not, I don't think, indicative of the demand. I think the problem is, because if you were to calculate up all the people who contacted local authorities or organisations and said, hey, I would like to learn Braille, and then you put that next to the amount of available classes, I think you'd find that number a lot higher because you would yeah. realise that there are a lot of people interested. There just aren't classes. And if it's only one or two people in an area, then people might be like, oh, well, there's no point setting up a class for that. And therefore those people lose out. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, uh, we'll continue this discussion. Thank you, Harry. Um, yeah, thank you, Harry. Lots more emails on this and lots more content. But up next, Sean Priest is going to be taking the reins what? of the show. Yes, you're taking the reins. I don't want to. Because we've got big news. Big news! Breaking yes, news. breaking news. That's what he says. Uh, that is coming up next on Double Tap as uh, Sean takes the reins with the details. Did you watch Double Tap TV last night? Did you? Oh. Mm, okay. Stick around. More to come. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Yes, welcome back to Double Tap, and don't worry, Stephen Scott hasn't left the building, we've just swapped chairs, because, Stephen, I've heard rumours that you're involved in, uh, let's say, a new project, and not only you, our very own Mark Aflalalalo as well. Who joins us, obviously. And, uh, well, I thought, you know, our listeners may have a couple of questions. And the main one being, of course, how does it affect the Sean? I mean, you know, this show, obviously. And mainly, what are you doing now, you two? Oh, well, Mark, since you're the guest, you can explain all this. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, so if you tuned into Double Tap TV last night... Um, 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we announced that we're done. We're scrapping the whole show. We're, we're done with Double Tap TV. Yeah. It's over. It's done. So uh, thanks. It's been nice. And and also we were suggesting that maybe Sean just leads the whole thing from here on in, right? Yeah, of course. Well, it's it's it's, it's just going to be Sean of the Shed on TV. Yeah. No, uh, all joking Please aside, no. everybody. Um, <laughs> Double Tap TV is is going bye bye. Last night was the last ever episode of Double Tap TV, season number five, episode number forty four. But for good reason, and that that good reason is that coming this fall, starting on Thursdays, specifically September the fourteenth, and I can announce that now because a press release is going out. Uh, it might have gone out a couple minutes ago. Um, a new show called Access Tech 
Live, which will debut on September 14th on AMI-tv. It'll, of course, be available on the AMI-tv app, the AMI.ca website. And we're going to try something unprecedented here, guys. We're going to actually stream this live to as many social media platforms as we can get our grubby hands on. And I say that without specifying which ones, because it seems like there's a new one every day. Yeah, I was going to say, which ones are left by the time we get on here? That's going to be the, the real question. Wow, so, you're, so, you're going live. Yeah, li- yeah, live. And, 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 and let me throw in a couple other caveats here, and then I'll let you get to your questions. Okay, Sean? Okay. I know this is your show, but this is my yes, time now. You. Okay. okay. Um, I've paid for this spot. <laughs> no? <laughs> you will do. Carry on. He will um, pay for it, yeah. Access Tech Live. So it's going to be hosted by Stephen and myself. So uh, familiar faces. You know what we're all about. You know our shtick. But we're, we're going to take the opportunity to, because it's live, be able to talk about things that are happening as it's happening. So if Apple announces new iPhones on Tuesday, we'll be able to talk about them on Thursday. If something happens, you know, this morning, we can be talking about it. We can try to get guests on who are relevant to the topic today. And that's super important because our previous show, Double Tap TV, was all pre-recorded because it had to go through a lot of processes and various, you know, uh, certifications and all that fun stuff. So we had to deliver the show several weeks in advance, which means it's hard to talk about something when it actually happens. Mm -hmm. So that's benefit number one. I hope there's a check mark on the screen now. Oh, wait a second. This is audio. This is radio. Uh, Yeah, I know. So Stephen and myself, Access Tech Live is the name of the show. We'll be able to talk about things now and we'll be able to talk to you guys. You people at home, like you'll be able to interact with us on social media. You can still send the emails. You'll still be able to send in the voicemails. But if you want to, when you're tuning in on whatever platform we're on, you'll be able to go into the chat and just type things and actually interact with us. And we'll bring that stuff on the air, which is super cool. And 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 you know what? It's it's also giving us an opportunity and will give us an opportunity to expand the universe when it comes to disability. We get a lot of emails from people saying, yeah, I, you know, I'm not low vision, but I might have this or that, you know, limb difference, et cetera, et cetera, or you talked about, you know, the adaptive gaming controllers, but what about someone who needs it for this purpose? And it allows us to kind of widen the scope of the show a bit and talk about other disabilities and how technology intersects with those disabilities on the mainstream. And that's really exciting because, you know, Stephen, I know, and I'm going to put some words in your mouth here, but when we started Double Tap TV, you know, and still to this day, I learn something every week when it comes to being on this show, on the podcast or on the TV show, because uh, I, I'm not low vision, I'm not blind. I'm learning from a different perspective. And it's, 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 you know, I hate, sorry to use the pun, opening my eyes, but it's opening my mind to everything else that's out there. And I think we need to do that in more than just low vision and blindness. And I think it's going to be an opportunity for you, Stephen, to, to, to do the same as well with some other, you know, other disabilities out there. And we're going to get people on the show who can talk to that perspective because we're not experts. We can't claim to know what anybody's going through. So we're going to get people on the show to talk from that perspective so we can understand it. And so, so you at home can understand it. Well, that's the whole point of this really is to expand awareness of multiple disabilities, but also that intersectionality you talk about, because that is something which we are starting to hear more about. If you go to any disability conference or you go to any event where disability and technology are the focus, you'll hear about intersectionality. And that can be in so many different ways. It can be around gender. It can be around uh, sex. It can be around uh, ethnicity. It can be around anything. Because ultimately, the one, one good thing about disability is everyone can get it. Yes, Everybody can be disabled. Uh, and, you know, it's a joy. Come join us. It's huge fun. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing, right? And, of course, you know, in this month, especially Disability Pride Month, lots of people are talking about 
the realities of being blind, but also the positives, the benefits that can come out of all of that. And I think that's something that we want to highlight a little bit of and show how technology can take part in that. So that's really where this show goes. And it will be different because, of course, Double Tap TV was aimed at a blind, low-vision audience. This show is going to be very much aimed at not only disabled people and will very much have the voice of disabled people telling the stories, but also to that wider audience as well, the the curious, the disability curious, you might say, the people who don't know, the people who want to ask questions and will invite those questions in and ask people, look, if you've got a question around disability and technology or disability specifically, we want you to ask those questions. It should be an open forum for people to come and talk because it's the only way we learn. Wow. Well, uh, I mean, it sounds amazing. I'll just close down this Word document of questions I had because uh, basically you answered everything. Uh, See, we did her job for once. Well, uh, if, you, if, wow. if you believe for a second there was a Word document anywhere near this interview. Yeah, sure. Word, yeah. man. Come on. He's on a Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Tell us again when it starts. Uh, September the 14th, Thursday, September 14th is moving to Thursdays. It's going to be at noon Eastern. Obviously, that's uh, obviously to kind of be in the middle of your day so you can enjoy a lunch with us if you want. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm getting all verklempt. Um, it's going to be middle of your day so you're going to enjoy it. Um, and uh, and of course, it will be rerun on AMI-TV throughout the week uh, leading up to it. We'll be talking about it on the various appearances on different shows. Of course, we'll be talking about it on this show. Hopefully, you guys will welcome me back um, after I no longer have a double tap associated with my face. <laughs> um, and, and September 14th, noon Eastern on AMI-TV. And uh, and follow us, by the way, at Access Tech Live is going to be the handle for everything related to the TV show, at Access Tech Live, including the, the current double tap on air feed that's really primarily TV. We're going to swap that over, so don't be scared if you see that change. If you want to continue following um, us, please do that, and we encourage you to do that. For Stephen, of course, it's at Blind Guy Tech. And Sean, I don't remember what yours is. Nah, you're, I you're... don't either. It's fine. Absolutely. Now, Mark, I know you've got to run, so go and put a shirt on and uh, go do whatever you got to do. Uh, I've got to get out of this chair because uh, I'm out of place. This isn't for me. Stephen's Are gonna, you watching me? He's going to hit me. Where's the I'm camera? Always, it's, it's the How blind you know senses. I'm not wearing a shirt? Blind people have incredible senses, don't you know this? I can tell. He can feel you across the... Okay, this is getting weird. Yeah. You know what? We'll chair. be back with more here on Double Tap. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Right, get out of my chair, you. Come on. Right, okay, that's better. <sighs> Didn't like it. Didn't like it. That felt weird. No, it was nice. It was nice to have you uh, take my chair. I will admit it's all nice and toasty now. How <laughs> <I> dare you? <laughs> you sat for eight re- minutes. <laughs> sounds really cool, though. And you're going live. Yeah. I mean, wow, you're brave, Stephen Scott. I know, I know. Well, thankfully, I have Mark by my side on this. Uh, I don't think I'll be doing it on my own live. Um, although, <laughs> well, actually, I'll, let me rephrase that. I don't think AMI would let me do it live no, that's on true. my own. Yeah, I think that's probably more accurate. <laughs> uh, no, we're really excited about it. Brand new show. And uh, I just love the whole disability side of it because the pan-disability side, because it just allows us to open up. Not that we couldn't before, but you know, one thing I'm really proud of with Double Tap is we are a show for blind people. And that's what this show is all about. And that, I think, is important because the, the the discussion we've had today is a great example of where, you know, there are some topics that are, well, more than some, but there are a lot of topics out there that do have a very unique spin when blind people are involved. Mm. And you need to be able to have that conversation. And that yes. was why I felt with the TV show, it was maybe time to just separate out a little bit and allow that show to open up and discuss even more 
whilst over here on Double Tap, we can continue and really hone in on those topics that are of interest and relevant to us as a blind community. Uh, you know, I've had people say to me before, especially recently, you know, you don't talk a lot about low vision. And it's interesting because I, f- I think from our perspectives, if, if, if you want this show to be about what we think, what we talk about, what we use in terms of tech, the way we use stuff, it's kind of difficult for us to talk about low vision these days because we're not low vision anymore. And no. we can't talk about magnification, CCTVs. However, we can invite people on to talk about those things. And we will absolutely do that. But, you know, I think it's just, I, I think it almost feels like the shows are developing along with our own experiences. Do you know what I mean? Our own oh, absolutely. lived experience. I hate that phrase. Our but journey. Our journey. Yeah, but it is. I mean, because yeah. we talk about what we're going through, how we're doing things. That, that's what we do. And I think, to be honest, I, I've seen all the shows we've done over the many, many years of our relationship, Stephen. Many, many, many. long, long years. Long. It's it's that interaction. It's the <laughs> listeners here. It's 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 you lot yeah. that really, you know, it, it, it sort of directs us and it, 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 it I don't know, it, it makes the conversation. And the amount of interaction that we got, the amount of feedback that we get from you guys right now is absolutely amazing. And it makes, it makes the show. Yeah, I keep it that's, coming. That's the key. Keep it coming. And if you're if you're someone who listens every day and you don't get involved, maybe you don't send an email, you don't call in, that's fine too. Okay? Don't you don't have to contribute. You don't no. feel do not feel you have to. Just sit there and enjoy the content. Or don't or, enjoy the content. Whatever it is yeah. you, you do with the content. <laughs> do what you do with it. But you it's, it's yours. Because I would never call in a radio station. I would never email a show. I just wouldn't. I just was trying to think if I've ever done it. I think I have emailed a show once when I got really annoyed. Um, That's usually what does it. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been annoyed in my life, so I have never had desire to. No, No I actually had to hold myself back on that a few times. A few times I've been listening to debates and I think I could really get into this, but I just don't want to. Because yeah. I know what I'm like. I just get so sucked Can't into it. Go. it. Yeah. I got I the last hospital. word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, listen, uh, on the subject, because I mentioned it earlier um, about Disability Pride Month and blind pride has been a bit of a conversation in our community for a while. Uh, Greg gets in touch to share his thoughts on this following our discussion here on Double Tap. Again, Laura reads our emails. I long ago stopped thinking of Double Tap as a technology show and have instead thought of it as a humorous talk show, chat show in UK speak albeit one that often raises important, serious and insightful issues and topics arising from vision loss. You have once again raised the issue of blind pride, a term I have great difficulty with for a number of reasons, but also believe that what it is attempting to address is of great importance to our community. I prefer the term self-esteem, which is important to all of us, blind or otherwise, in order to live a quality life with good mental health. It is absolutely true that blind people can live perfectly happy, productive, worthwhile lives with good feelings of self-worth and to be loved and worthwhile to others, both in their personal relationships and with society in general. While it is important to keep making that clear, it is equally important to recognise that both the process of going blind and growing up as children born blind gives rise to differing but serious challenges to self-esteem and self-worth in the process. This is a topic far too complex to fully address in one email, and I doubt Laura is prepared to be creating an audiobook on an AMI wage scale. <laughs> so I'll simply point out that you have often raised the topic of how each of you felt in different phases of your vision loss journey. The long-used literary term blind pride 
meaning arrogantly holding a false belief despite all evidence to the contrary, i.e. Donald Trump having the largest crowd ever at his inauguration being one of many recent examples making that term problematic for our cause. I know that gay pride was a model for those pushing the blind pride terminology. I get it. But it's not really the same. It only leads to confusion and disagreement that detracts from the real issue. Blind people are fully human people, can and should lead happy, productive lives and should be given every opportunity to do so and take their rightful place in society. I have much, much more to say on this topic upon request. Regards, Greg in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Greg. And I think you articulated that perfectly and very succinctly as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I do want to hear more on what you have to say on this because I think we all should contribute to this conversation. I, I'm never one for the groupthink mentality. I worry about the, and this is not unique to our community, this is a worldwide issue for many communities where one opinion is seen as the most important and every other opinion should fall in line. And I've even seen this here in the UK. There's a documentary that's about to air in the UK that's caused all kinds of controversy because of a word in the title. And the the person who's hosting the documentary is disabled. She is talking about this word. I'll call it the R word, which most people will, will know what I mean by that. I'm not going to say the word. But, you know, a lot of people are saying this is a, a disgrace that that word should be in the title. Um, I... You know, the, the, you know, the disability community need to be heard on this. And and I thought the whole point was that this was a disabled person giving her opinion. <laughs> and this is her experience. And this is her thing. And if we start, this is the problem with identity politics. I keep saying this. If you Because th- they say that the R word is reserved for people with intellectual disabilities. Well, first off, no one owns this word. And no one should own it. We don't want the word to be used, ideally. Um but, you know, no one should own the word. And the idea that people, if you actually believe for a second that the people who use these words, these offensive words against us and mean them in an offensive way, if you think that they're using it in the correct use of the language to, you know, the appropriate disability, you're out of your mind. There's absolutely no way people understand that. When so, I was called the R word many times as a kid. I don't have intellectual disability, but the person who was throwing that word around at me didn't ask first, can I just, you know, check off your disability before I offend you so I can use the appropriate (laughs) offensive term? That's not how it works. It's all about context for me. Everything is about context. I've been um, hurt by words um, when it's actually not the words themselves. They might not be any even controversial words, but even, you know, it's how they're they're thrown at you in the context of them for me. It's a debate that the community should have, but I think the problem is that it shouldn't be introspective. We should be looking outward, and I think in that particular documentary's case, that you know, let's actually see the documentary first. By the way, it hasn't even aired yet, and there's been so much oh, controversy. Course. Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's the worst thing ever. And it's like <laughs> you're missing the point here. This is a, this is someone who's telling you from their experience, from their perspective. I thought that was what we wanted. But it doesn't fall in line. You see, that's the problem. It doesn't fall in line with the groupthink mentality. And that's the problem. And I don't like that. So this is where the blind pride gets a little bit bothersome for me because I think, hang on, I, I don't feel pride about being blind. I'm proud of my achievements in life. It's just that word Absolutely. then, isn't it? It's the word pride that people have an issue with. And I, I have, as, I, as Greg it, mentioned, it's the same in the gay pride. 
um, well, it, it, well, it, it comes from the same place, yeah. But but I'm with Greg on this. It's not the same thing. No, it of course it's be- not. Because the difference is that <laughs> there's a reason to be proud and gay. I get that, right? If you're gay, you should be proud. Why wouldn't you be proud? Why you wouldn't you be, be proud, proud of who you're you are? Gay. No, no, no. I don't. I don't agree. No, with no, that. no, no. I think. I think. What I'm saying is, if you're gay, and that's what people, there's say. no reason why you shouldn't be proud of that. No, the, uh, right? the, see, I take it the opposite to that. You shouldn't be ashamed. And I think that's the difference, because for the longest time, disabled people and gay people and whatever uh, other minority you suppose you want to put out there have felt shame. Uh, but especially in the gay and dis- disabled communities, we felt shame that we should be almost you know, hidden away. Mm. And I think that's where the kickback comes from. And that's why the word pride is used. But then people will take that and say, oh, what, you're shoving it down our throats that you're proud that you're blind or disabled or whatever it may be. And I don't think that's the case. It's just that I'm not ashamed anymore that I have a disability or I have this sexuality. I think the problem here, unfortunately, is is actually, it's got nothing to do with the words. It's got nothing to do with the language. When I actually think about this, from my point of view, I think it is the timing. I think it's all about the timing because you are talking to people. So let, let's just zoom this out a bit, right? Let's just say there's someone sitting there who has never met a blind person and suddenly hears someone talk about how proud they are to be blind. In that person's mind, blindness is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you. And the mm-hmm. idea of it would horrify you. And people who are blind, you know, are useless, are incapable, right? And, that, and that's yeah. in their mind, right? And that's not uncommon, okay? So let's be very clear on this. I speak to many sides of people who don't think like that, but are shocked to even, even the thought that that's how people think, But that is very much the case. I would say that is more common than not, okay? Because that's been my experience time and time and time and time and time and time again. Back in the start of all this. Taxi driver says to me, I couldn't believe you went to school a few months ago, right? I mean, there's no expectation for us, right? So you hear then someone say, I'm blind, I'm proud. How can they even conceptualize that? They can't. Because you're proud of what? How can you be proud of this thing that's the worst possible thing to happen to you? So there's like a whole conversation that hasn't happened yet. This is the problem I have with identity politics. You have people who disappear off into a bubble and, you know, they, they absolutely talk up and, and promote what they they believe to be right inside their bubble. They all get fired up about it, go into the real world, and the real world says, what are you talking about? And that's the problem. That's mm-hmm. the nub of it. We need to have a wider conversation. And that is why that documentary that's airing in the UK is so important, because it is beginning a conversation out there. Just because you don't like the words, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. Yeah. The whole point is we have a conversation, we show, we talk about our... our that's what I do here, right? I, I, I know sighted people listen to this show, and they will listen, and they will learn from these experiences. Most of them write in, and you know, some of the emails we don't read out because they ask not to be read out. And some of them it says, mm-hmm. you know... I, I'm astonished at the attitude people throw you. I'm astonished by it. Well, here's the thing. Don't be astonished by it because it's more yeah. common than not. And where gay people were 20, 30, 40 years ago, I think that's kind of where we are today. We're still, we still have a long process as disabled people to be seen as equal. It is not going to happen overnight. And you can shout blind pride all you like, but most people do not understand the concept of how you can be proud of a disability. That's what they hear. That's what they're hearing because you're yeah, putting blind that. and pride together. Not the word pride that's a problem. It's the two words together. They don't make sense. So that's where I think the issue is. 
Did we talk about tech at all today? I don't know. I'm happy to be a, a talk show. <laughs> I, I, I like being a chat show, talk show, humorous occasionally. That was I a like great that. email. Greg, was a thank brilliant you. Email. Thank you, Greg. Greg always makes us think. I love your emails, Greg. Thank you so much. Uh, that is it for today. Uh, also, uh, don't forget, of course, uh, if you're following us on Double Tap on Twitter, if you follow the Double Tap on air there, remember that will now have changed over. It has changed over now to Access Tech Live, our social media... Mm, mm, media people. I don't know. The people <laughs> that do the social media, they've been on the case. I, I, I'm not involved in it, I don't know I nothing. Don't know. Uh, but listen, uh, thank you uh, to Mark for coming on today and telling us about the new show. Very excited about that. We're back tomorrow and a really interesting subject coming up, 3D printing. Jason oh, Fair joins us to talk about that. Can you print Braille using a 3D printer? The answer will come tomorrow. All right, I'm off to read Braille. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.